You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, this morning we're going to be talking about testimony. And wow. what, what, what a better way to start off than to have a testimony. And Michelle gave us a wonderful testimony. Does anybody know what Michelle's testimony was about? Peace over fear. Amen. Thank you. Somebody was listening. Good, good, good. Now here's another one. Come on, Margaret. This is Margaret Fence. Well, first of all, I can't believe that everything that I wanted to say today was things that we either sang or we prayed about. So I know God is always in control, and this is not my uh, best part of life, getting up in front of people and saying anything, but um, I have uh, hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. Hope has been one of the things that I've, I've really held on to. There's a lot of cancer signs out there of different things and uh, shirts and this stuff. And uh, I felt like wearing them just displayed cancer, but the hope sign or the hope of cancer is, has been one of the things that I've relied on because hope in God is everything. You know, you give everything to God. And since I was diagnosed with cancer, it's been three years and uh, it's been, a, it's been a journey, but God has been there with me. Now, I've had peace. I've never really had any fear. You know, like Michelle said, she had the fear. I've never from day one. I, I don't know whether I was in shock or just, just God gave me that peace, and he's given me that peace all along. So today I just had a few things uh, to say. Um, my words were hope, faith, love, and the last word, I will say. Okay, hope is a feeling of expectation and desires for something to change or to happen. And faith is a constant confidence or trust in what we believe in our hearts that will come to pass, even when we can't see it or we don't understand it. And love is God, knowing God and trusting God for people like you guys who have helped me, prayed for me, been there for me. And God has given me this family, and I really appreciate everything you've done for me. And the last word I saved is remission. Yes, that is my word today. I am in remission. Thank God. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Another little thing I wrote down here is faith is now hope says it is in the future and my future has been uh, running you know up and down but this doctor that i have told me when i was diagnosed after the second time that he would never tell me that i was in remission but when he told me wednesday that i was in remission all i know is that god had to work all this out because now i can go forward and, amen. and your amen. prayer will help thank you amen amen thank you sweetie bless you and all the people said hallelujah Woo! 
Oh, it's my favorite word. Hallelujah. So we want to talk about testimony. And we've looked at, uh, at one of the popular current definitions of, uh, that's been associated with testimony as, as being do it again. And I want us to look a little more deeply at the word testimony, but also this is thanksgiving. When we pray, we, we, we pray and we enter in with, with prayers of thanksgiving, thanking the Lord for what he has done. We find that thanksgiving can be in a song. Sometimes you're, you're so thankful you can't do anything but sing. You just got to sing because of the thanksgiving and the gratitude that's in your heart. It's, it's got to come out. Sometimes thanksgiving is manifested when, when you're giving a gift. Because God has been so gracious to us, freely we have received, we freely give. And sometimes that gratitude fills us so much that even when we're giving a gift to another person, we give it with thanksgiving. That's what he desires when we're receiving our, our offerings in, in the local fellowship. You know, it's, it's not something that we do grudgingly, out of duty, out of rote, out of habit, but it's something that we do out of overflow of thanksgiving of all that he's given to us. We, we release and we give back to him. But we find thanksgivings also in receiving the gift. Have you ever received something that you were really thankful for? Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Give me some Pro V1 golf balls. Oh, so thankful. Thank you, Jesus. You know, just the attitude that we have when we receive a gift is really important. So when you think of Thanksgiving in, in this month of November and the rest of eternity, just remember that Thanksgiving can be a part of every expression all the time as you're going through daily life. So just remember that. Here's some scriptures. Psalm 69:30. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. Now this is poetry. This is Hebrew poetry. But did you catch it? I will praise God's name in song. And we've done that this morning. And glorify him. Glorify him in thanksgiving. Ascribing the splendor and the majesty that he so rightly deserves. That when, when we have a thankful thanks, thanksgiving rise up within us and it comes from our spirit, our heart, our soul, and we release it publicly or privately, it attracts heaven. All of heaven is, is completely uh, paying attention whenever we, <laughs> creatures of his creation, respond with thanksgiving to our creator. Hmm. We're the redeemed ones and all heaven takes notice when that happens. And then the one that we always love, uh, Psalm 100 verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and bless his name. Yay. Thanksgiving is associated with blessing his name. When we give thanks, we're actually blessing the name of God. Hmm. And if you ever feel like you just can't get in his presence, it's time to start to remember the things of God and give him thanks for them. Thanksgiving is how we enter into his presence. And it's a wonderful way to take those first steps, especially when you've got opposition, where the enemy is throwing all sorts of obstacles and trying to make that there's a feeling of, of distance between you and the Lord. 
Go with a thankful heart. And I'll give you some more practical clues a little later on in the message on how to do that. Then Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about it. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. That's right. Mm. Thank him for what he's done. Thanksgiving is part of our petition. And when we're, when we're in an intercession and we're, we're coming to God with those things that have been laid upon our hearts, the burdens that, that are there, our intercessors have a lot of that. And, and I can see it that when I share with them a prayer concern, I know when it's just coming in and it's logging in, okay, another, you know, Aunt Nellie's toenail. We've got to put that on the prayer list. Versus when you share something and you see that it, it, it's registered. And, and, and they've taken, and it's a burden that the Spirit of the Lord lays upon our hearts. And when he lays those kind of burdens upon our hearts, <coughs> those are the ones that when we go into thanksgiving, there is, there is power that's being released in our prayers in behalf of another. So I love, I love my intercessors. They're wonderful. And we're all called to the ministry of intercession. You intercede for your closest your closest relationships, your husband, your wife, your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, your relatives, your puppies. Whatever. Buster needs a lot of prayer. Yeah, we gotta lift, lift, lift Buster up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So those are just a few verses on, on Thanksgiving. And now a Thanksgiving testimony. Revelation 19.10 says, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. All right. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is, is one of the means by which God releases his encouragement to us personally and corporately. And so we, we love when prophecy comes because prophecy should comfort, it should encourage, it should edify, it should build up. And so in the kingdom, especially New Testament manifestations of prophecy are always designed to encourage, to bring us into courage. And for some of us, that's what we need. We need encouraged because we, we need to go from our fear of man, our fear of failure, our fears of what our physical conditions are. We need to move into courage, a place of courage and the word of the Lord is specifically designed to release that so that you can move into a place of courage and be encouraged in your heart, body, spirit, <laughs> in your entire being. Now, I, I, I put a note in here. Encourage the people to start receiving prophetic words right now. Ask the Lord, Lord, is there anyone here that you want to encourage? Because I know pastor's gonna encourage me with whatever he's gonna say next. And I want to reciprocate and release words of encouragement to the folks that are here today. So would you highlight one or two and give me a word that I can share with them that builds them up and encourages them? The testimony of Jesus. What is testimony? The English word, Testimony is, is very similar to the word witness. They're both from the Hebrew root, uh, adah, and, and of which the first is ad, adah. It sounds a lot like ada, doesn't it? 
Ada? Okay. Ada Margaret, you made the sermon again. Okay. Wake her up. Okay, there we go. And it means in the, in the ancient root of the word, it means to see or observe the door. To see or to observe the door. Because the door was the cyclical thing that you're going in and out of, and it's, it's about what you observe on a repetitive basis, what you're seeing, what you're observing. We find that it's, it's talking about repeated action. So when a testimony takes place, it's talking about an action that's to be repeated, or it's an action that you're given a witness to that, yes, I saw this event happen, and this is how it happened from my vantage point, from my frame of reference. This is what I saw. And so I repeat what I saw, what the action was. Uh, the ancient meaning of the word and its root is to observe and or repeat an action. Whoa. To observe and or repeat an action which is talking about something when it comes to the testimony of God. When we come into the testimony of God, we're coming into a, a range of things where God has spoken, God has acted, and once he's done it once, we can ask him to repeat it. We can observe it, and then we can ask him to do it again. You hear Margaret's testimony, three years battling cancer. And we've been praying for her. And part of the basis on which we pray for her is I know God heals cancer. I know he can heal it in stage three, four, five. He can heal it any stage of cancer. He can heal it at any stage. And so when Margaret had cancer, we knew, Lord, here's a spot. Do it again for your glory, for the praise of your name that your witness and your testimony is established in the earth. I love that. I get excited about this stuff. This is good stuff. So let's go to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. We're going to look at verses 3 through 12 today. And uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of an admonition to us to take seriously uh, the testimony of the Lord that we have to steward. Reading in the Passion Translation, you'll find it on the screen. Verse 3. We heard true stories from our fathers about our rich heritage. We will continue to tell our children and not hide from the rising generation the great marvels of our God, his miracles and power that have brought us all this far. We review our whole history. The story of Israel is a lesson in God's ways. He establishes decrees for Jacob and established the law in Israel, and he commanded our forefathers to teach them to their children. For perpetuity, easy for me to say, God's ways will be passed down from one generation to the next, even to those not yet born. Do you realize his testimonies that have come to you are not just for you. They are for those that have yet to be born. Mm. In this way, every generation will have a living faith in the laws of life and will never forget the faithful ways of God. 
By following his ways, they will break the past bondage of their fickle fathers who were stubborn, stubborn, rebellious generation and whose spirits strayed from the eternal God. They refused to love him with all their hearts. Ooh. We don't want any 90% heart love. We want 100% heart love. Lord, give us the grace. And then he goes into a negative example. This is why it's so important that we keep testimony before us. This is why we, we tell our children what the Lord has done. We remind him in our family, this is what he did for grandpa. This is what he did with grandma. This is what he did for mom and dad. This is what he did for big brother and big sister. This is what he, this is what he did for baby when she was born. And you remind them of the testimony of what God, because here in verse nine, he says, take for example, the sons of Ephraim. Though they were equipped warriors, each with weapons, fully trained, skilled in battle. When the battle began, they retreated and ran away in fear. They didn't really believe the promises of God. They refused to trust him and move forward in faith. The enemy is eroding in the family of God, in the body of Christ. He's trying to erode the testimony of how good God is. They forgot his wonderful works and miracles of the past, even their exodus from Egypt, the epic miracle of his might. They forgot the glories of his power at the place of passing over. Wow. Even in the old covenant, God told them that he would give his commandments, his statutes, and testimony for them to keep. And his commandments is, is the things that he says we must do. He, he, he tells us how we're to think, what, or what we're to think. What is it that you should think? God is holy. There'd be no other gods before him. And these are the things that we are to be sharing in our family line so our children understand these things. <laughs> and then he gives us the statutes. Statutes, pretty similar, but it kind of shows us the heart behind the command. It gives us an understanding of, of how we're supposed to obey that command. You know, he tells us how to listen to the commandment through his statutes. But how do you keep his testimony? How do you keep his testimony? We know to keep his command, to keep, his, command, to keep his, his statutes, his laws, his decrees. How do you keep his testimony? Hmm. You got to keep repeating it. You got to keep reminding what God has done. See, if you hold the record of God's interventions in your life and the life of others, those that are around you, those that are close to you, when, when you start holding to that record of his interventions among people, <laughs> it, it helps us see the possibilities that are ours. It becomes the lens by which we then see problems. Oh, God, you've done it that way. Now I've got a situation, I'm in a predicament, and I, and I remember the testimonies of God, how he's moved and how he's intervened, how he's supernaturally come through, how from uh, the 5,000, the multiplication of the bread and the fish, how he did that. 
you know, you remember what he's done in the past. And now you say, I wonder how he's going to show up in this situation. I wonder how, how this is going to manifest his presence and his glory. How is God going to be triumphant in this situation? Because it's, it's, it's not so much that God's a poor loser. He gives me grace when I lose so that I don't become that poor sport. But you know, he never loses. He never loses. The enemy tries to make us think he lost. There's many times when I've looked at situations and I'm just thinking, Lord, we lost that one, didn't we? And I feel so bad, especially if it was something that I did or didn't do that may have led to what I think is a, is a loss. And then he just whispers, watch what I do. Watch how I triumph, even in the appearance of defeat. Watch how I triumph. I love it. He's so good. See, testimony then becomes the place from where we see, where we pray, and where we act. It becomes that place that we live out of. And I want you to know that the adversary tries to rob testimony just as fast as it's given. You know, as a pastor, I've seen people give public testimony of, of something wonderful that God did. And then there's a, a whole assault from the kingdom of darkness that comes upon them. And it appears that they've lost whatever victory they thought they had. And it's like one of the things that we need to really help people is to know how to walk in faith, in truth, in the light of what God says, and not let the enemy manipulate us through our emotions, our fears, our anxieties, uh, what other people might say. Sometimes the worst, uh, the, the, the most powerful proponent of the kingdom of darkness is the educated medical profession who says, you have this and pronounce something over you based on the best of their ability to diagnose. And if we receive that and we, and we hold it down deep in some place inside of us, it becomes something that is very hard to dislodge. It's almost like it doesn't matter how much prayer you get, how anointed the man of God or woman of God is that ministers to you, how great the worship anointing was in there. Sometimes when, when, we, when we allow that a place in us, it seems like it's so hard to get that out. Anybody feel like you've got some of that in you? Yeah. And it's like, okay, Lord, we need the grace to acknowledge that and allow you to go down and start giving us uh, the compliance with your word, your heart, your truth, to start removing that from the place that it had been rooted. And it's almost like those roots just kind of grow every which way and they really, it's hard to uproot those. But you know what? The Holy Spirit knows how to uproot anything. And the power of God can uproot it. And, and really, just a simple word of prophetic faith 
can catch and uproot and surplant and cause that mountain to be cast into the sea, the fig tree to weather and die. It's amazing what the pronouncement of the Lord that we receive as a word from him can do to those places that the enemy has, has really relaxed because he knew that the fear and the anxiety and the openness of our heart at the level of which we believe something went in so deep, it went in down to the deepest chamber of our being. And that's where the Holy Spirit wants to go today. He wants to go down into the deepest part of our soul, our heart, our spirit, and release what the enemy thought he had forever and ever on us. Testimony is the place where we <laughs> see, pray, and act. You know, a lot of times in the Old Testament, you know, the, the word of the Lord would come to the prophet and he says, tell me what you see. Okay. Or it would come and, and he, it would, the Lord would say, what do you hear? And it's like, whoa. So it, the followers of Jesus, as, as followers of Jesus, you know, the word of the Lord comes to us and say, what are you seeing today? What are you seeing today? Anybody seeing anything? It's like, Lord, I want to see. It's been, it's been the, the, the cutting edge of my spiritual journey now for several years now. Lord, I want to see more than I, I'm seeing now because what I'm seeing now is not enough. I, I, I'm not serving your people as well as I could serve them if I could see. I'm not serving myself as well if I could see more. So Lord, I want to see. But in the day in which the question comes, what are you seeing? You may say, well, I'm not seeing much. Well, if you're not seeing much, what do you hear? What are you hearing? And sometimes when we can't see, we can still hear. It's like, oh, I can hear. I can hear some things. Oh, yeah. We ought to take a moment and just listen for heaven right now because I think they're excited about what the Father wants to do here today. I think they're, they're real excited. I think the extraction team is on call and they're just waiting for the places to begin extracting. But sometimes when, when we listen, we don't hear anything either. So what do you do when you don't see and you don't hear? Well, the third thing is, what do you remember? What is it that you remember? What has God done in the past. And you take that and almost all of us can remember. We can remember something of, of his wonderfulness. Do you remember the day you, you gave your heart to Jesus? You, you remember the day when all of a sudden it made sense? Oh, I don't have to do this by myself. I can trust him. Oh, that's a good idea. I think I think I'll make the, the investment of the century. I think I'll surrender to Jesus. <laughs> I think I'll invite him into my life. I'll open the door and allow him to come in. Oh, testimony, seeing the open door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens, I will come in and we'll have lunch. We'll sit down and, and have a good time testimony. All the wonderful times that the Lord has shown up to you. All the times that he's used you. 
all the times that he's given gifts to you, all the times he's spared your life, all the times he's rescued you. You think about all of those kind of things and then you think how he's used you in the past. Because as soon as the Lord uses you in a wonderful way, once you've been used one way, one time in a wonderful way, you never have fear again. That's not my experience. <laughs> he uses you in a wonderful way and the enemy comes by and says, oh, you got lucky on that one, didn't you? God, God would have showed up, you know, if, if, if Humpty Dumpty would have been there, you know, that, that would have been good, you know, because of the presence, the anointing and all that. And he, and he gets us to believe anything less than what's true. And so oftentimes when we're used in prayer and we're used in a healing moment and we see the power of God released and all of that, then the enemy says, well, that wasn't really you. That was Jesus. And a lot of times as brothers and sisters in Christ, we encourage each other with that. Well, that wasn't you. That was the Lord. Yeah. Smack you. <laughs> that was the Lord and you because he lives in you. No doubt. I'm just amazed at, at all the time when, when I'm in conversation with people that I'm realizing that what they're saying is is revealing to them that they really don't believe that God loves them or that God cares about them or that God's good with them or they don't believe that their identity, their value, significance, and worth in the eyes of the Lord, they don't get it. I was having a counseling session and, and the thing, the wife was just feeling like, why would her husband not come. And so she was wanting to make it all about him. And I said, sweetheart, don't you know who you are? You are the beautiful daughter of the Most High God. If you understood how wonderful you are and how amazing you are, it wouldn't be like, well, there must not be enough or he would come. And I said, no. You're more than enough. It could be that he's stupid. You know, <laughs> if you know how wonderful you are, then the enemy can't use that to project that you need another person to tell you your value, worth, and significance. And it's like, oh, sisters, man, we got to get this with the younger generation, the teenagers and all of them. Because when, when we understand who we are and our identity is secure in the Lord, there is no amount of male manipulation that will work. Has anybody been victimized by male manipulation? Because I know none of us guys have ever been victimized by female manipulation. Oh boy. Never. So if we, if we get our identity secure all of a sudden the enemy has a whole lot less to work with, to manipulate us with. That wasn't in my notes, that was free. Okay. So can you remember? What are your memories? What has he done? What has he said? What has he promised to you? Hold on to those promises. Don't let the, the accuser come by and just say, oh, that's not a real promise. You're never going to see that. 
You're only going to see that when you get to heaven. No, let's hold on to the promises. Do you realize, who's got a Bible? Right here, pretend like this is a leather Bible. It's got, it's got about 65 translations in it, and so I, I use it a lot. Every, every historical act of God with Israel is ours. Do you realize everything that's in the book that he's done is a testimony of who he is and what his nature is? And if we believe in holding the testimony, because this is what happened with the sons of Ephraim, they did not believe it. They did not believe it. So when the day of battle came, they, they were cowards. They left, even though they were thoroughly prepared and trained and had all the equipment that they needed, they, they left the battle because they don't know the testimony. They don't know the commandments and the statutes and the testimonies of the Lord. And so as, as, we, as we close, let's, let's look at what the word says about us. Thanksgiving is so important. So Lord, we just, in, in the name of Jesus, we just say, let thanksgiving arise in our hearts, thanking you for all that we've experienced, whether it's a little or a lot. And now we invite you, Holy Spirit, to go down deep, deep to the place where there was a pronouncement made that we gave place, sometimes intentionally, sometimes totally unintentionally, but it took root at a level in our soul that we haven't been able to evict. We say today is the day that the word of the Lord does not return <laughs> without having accomplished everything that you sent it for. Yes. And we believe that your word has been sent, that we overcome what the evil one has done by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And our testimony today, Lord, we don't know how you do it, but we know that you can do it. We know that you have done it and that you will do it again. For every situation, Lord, where the enemy has, has tampered with your children, has brought harm to them, we say, Lord, let, let them be <laughs> brought before you and let your power be released. And so we give you, Holy Spirit, total access to our spirit, our soul, our body, our heart, and we invite you to go in with the Holy Extraction Team and root out the lie, root out the fear, root out the thing that went down. Lord, root out the unforgiveness. Lord, where, where we haven't got the ability to forgive and the result of, of that has manifested in all sorts of physical pain and suffering. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would go so deep inside the heart and spirit of your children that you would root out the thing that the enemy has been able to use and hide behind and deceive and manipulate and cause us to believe that this is just as good as it's ever going to get. And I say, Lord, the day of this is as good as it gets, I say, let it be done in Jesus' name, today. For you tell us, Lord, that we will go from one 
degree of glory to another with an ever-increasing glory. And as you extract the lie, we say, Lord, would you plant the seeds of holy truth that you've created us for your glory. You've created us for a love bond with you. And we say, let that seed be planted so deeply in us that it will uproot all other seeds. Let the love seed of relationship with you be foundational to everything that we say and do. For we ask it in Jesus' name. As the worship team comes and leads us in the last song, I just invite you to respond. You've been receiving words of prophetic words of encouragement for other people. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to uh, do some holy excavation and extraction. And uh, you you didn't know when you came to church today, you're going to get a spiritual root canal. But uh, let's open to that reality and allow him to do that. And watch as we're worshiping him and as we enter into his presence, do not be surprised at what he does. And I, I, I feel that some of you won't even realize what he's done till later on this afternoon. And so feel free to text me what God has done. I would love to hear the text of what the Lord has done all through the day. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.